This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC 279, Chamaya vs. Diaz, hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we will preview UFC Fight Night, Sandhagen vs. Dong. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That Wild Week. Um, I think we have to do a quick recap before we even get into the event. A recap the events that happened before the event. Right. We got Yadong on a main event coming up. Um, so we got that going. And uh, otherwise, I mean, I didn't even make a script this week or anything. It's just uh, the chaos and everything around it. Like, we'll just jump right into it and get to it. Um, so we'll start things off as we always do with our take of the week. So Ryan is always take us away. All right. I think, uh, Kamzat Chemaev is currently the most hated fighter in the UFC. Fair. Then that's a good way to, uh, good way to start it off. I mean, the guy, could he just make himself any more unlikable throughout the entire week? Like it was already, he was pushing the envelope just leading up to it. Like the antics we kind of talked about it last week, just, uh, the Darren hanging out with Darren Till, <laughs> Um, you know, just acting like he wants to fight Paulo Costa all the time, just like all for the cameras. Well, just, now he can. Yeah, exactly, because he's huge. But um, and then he just he misses weight. All right, and then that's one thing. But he misses by eight and a half or seven and a half pounds if you do the one pound allowance, which makes it even worse. He's smiling, acting like a jackass when he's on the scale, acting like he doesn't care at all. Then he tweets the the picture, which. Uh, was hilarious, but um, <laughs> yeah. it is hilarious, but it's not a good look after you just missed weight and caused the entire card to get shuffled around. Yeah, he made a mockery. Now, did we end up getting better fights because of it? I think so. I mean, it made the it made the card better. I don't know if it's better fights because I'm fully on on board with the uh, the line of thought that this is another hot take that Nate Diaz beats Kamzat Chimaev if they if they fight. I, I think he may have been ducking. Nate, possibly, but something is some there. This is we were talking about conspiracies earlier. This is definitely going to be like an all-time UFC conspiracy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of talk that you know the UFC had this booked for for weeks, basically that they switched it up. Like it's basically a marketing stunt. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, just because of like be all so of the work that had to go in last minute. That would be like, so unpredictable. Like that, would, and I don't think Nate Diaz could be in on the. I don't think he could be part of a. Uh, like no, he would scheme. accidentally like t- tell it during the yeah. press conference. Maybe that's to, why they canceled the press conference. They're like, we can't trust Nate to keep to the secret. It. They would have to hide it from him, which would I, be like a real shady thing. So, I heard. I didn't hear Chamayev say this. Kamzat say this, but Kamzat apparently said that that he knew a long time ago that he was going to be fighting Kevin Holland. Well, he's probably. Too, well, I mean, he's your guy that would have to be involved in the in the inside job, and he's probably too dumb. Yeah, maybe his coaches aren't, though. Who knows? Maybe he has somebody that's got a normal IQ in, uh, in his camp or whatever. Well, something I got, I just got to say, some, something was afoot here. Um, definitely not, this is definitely not a trustworthy situation by any means. Um, I do think we got better fights out of it. Now it goes against everything Dana White's ever done with letting a fighter walk out the door on a win. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's why you probably got to think that this was not pre planned because there's no way that. Uh, that Dana would allow, you know, Nate to look good on his last fight of his contract. So look real good, and Tony looked like he was washed. And oh, he, he looked terrible, dude. And he showed up at 170, which is odd for Tony, who makes weight every time at 155. So yeah, yeah, it was 170, but it was booked kind of late. Which, but that's also weird too. I think they booked it like two weeks out from the main, from the event. So, well, I will say this. Even though he looked like shit and got his ass kicked, good for Tony for getting like maybe his one big break from the UFC. Yeah, who knows? He probably signed for uh, no bump and pay. <laughs> Champ shit only. No, I'm not taking a pay raise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's one guy in the UFC who wouldn't leverage the uh, the situation, it's Tony Ferguson. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like Dumb and Dumber when he says, uh, "What does he say?" The argument over the fraction and the one's bigger than the other. He said, "No way." You said two thirds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so anyhow, um, yeah, I think Kamzat being the most hated guy in the in the UFC is a, uh, I think it's a reasonable take. And I, I would say 
I figured that your take would be something around the week, and my take was just going to be we ended up getting better fights because of whatever whatever happened. Um, I think everybody would agree we got better fights because of it. I don't see how. Um, I mean, Legion Ling would have would have destroyed Tony Ferguson, right? Yeah. Oh, was that, that, it would have been embarrassing. He would have got absolutely stomped. And what would have happened on D Rod versus? Uh, um, uh, who, Kevin Holland. Yeah, Kevin Holland would have probably beat him up, right? Because because Lee, would, I thought Lee beat him up. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a bad decision in my opinion. Like it was awful. I think I thought I thought uh, Lee Jingling clearly won that fight. I think the two judges are the only people that I've heard since the two judges and Pat um, <laughs> think that Daniel Rodriguez won. Yeah, we were big. Me and him were big on that one, and so I I tried to put the hex and the curse on it, but sometimes you can't out hex bad judging. Yeah, yeah, I think you did put the hex on it. It's just, yeah, the judges got it wrong. Yeah, well, we'll take it. So um, I guess we probably don't have much more to do over there. We can just jump into a recap since it all kind of ties together. It was all pure chaos. Um, main event, Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz. Ended up, Nate ended up being an underdog here, which is crazy. I, I sent out the lines that I saw where Nate was a favorite, and I thought, this is fine. Nate minus 155, wasn't it that what it was? Yeah, I think so. I would never in a million years thought Tony would be the favorite over Nate. Yeah, and he was like plus 130, so a um, little underdog value there on Nate Diaz, and he completely dominated. Um, I don't know. I think it was a lot of – even though I was thinking it was probably closer to 50-50, not, not Nate being an underdog, probably 50-50, but I think the um, the first round versus Michael Chandler got a lot of people thinking like maybe Tony still got some left in the uh, tank because – don't, he got knocked out in spectacular fashion, but uh, he looked really good in that first round versus Michael Chandler striking. He was yeah. like absolutely piecing him up on the feet. He literally couldn't land a single punch first, Nate. I mean, Nate's or head a, movement looked or good. A spinning elbow. Yeah, his, Nate's head movement looked good. His, his striking looked good, and Tony, I thought, looked absolutely terrible. He looked rough, dude. He looked rough getting into the octagon. His bleached hair looked rough. Oh, dude. <laughs> bright orange. That's a bad yeah. hairline. You got to shave it when it gets that bad. You got to do two two bleaches when you when your hair is that dark. You can't just get there in one. So that's Yeah, what was up with that? It was yeah. like a... That's what mine looks like after one. Uh, this was two. This is two times worth. You got to do it twice. If you can only lift... Well, not to get too deep in this, but you can only make it like four shades lighter per bleach job. If you have black hair, you got to lift it like eight shades. So he only got halfway there. Jeez, yeah. Terrible that, mistake. That's a bad look, dude. Yeah, he looked rough. He fought rough. His spinning elbows were not, I don't think, a single one connected. Yeah, and it wasn't just the color. It was just the <laughs> whole cut, you know? Oh, yeah, no. And his, oh, his shin. His shin, right off the bat, he landed that. And that looked like it landed on a bad spot on Nate's leg. It looked like, looked like, it, landed, looked like it went shin to knee, but it, uh, Tony got the worst end of that because he was bleeding nonstop the rest of the fight. Yeah, yeah. Nate absorbed the uh, the leg kicks pretty good in this fight, too. Um he was Tony landed a too. lot, and they were hard, too, but it didn't seem to slow Nate down at all. He was able to – I think he was checking some of them, so finally starting to check kicks for <laughs> Nate. But, um, Last fight. Know, he's been a little uh, a little slow to, to catch on to some of the newer uh, trends of MMA. But, uh, yeah, and then Tony, I, I can't believe he shot that takedown. Nate snatched that up, which I think is exactly the way he would have beat Cam's at first round, though, probably, not four. Because Kamzat would have shot right off the bat. We saw it, how he did, how he fought Kevin Holland. I think that was his game plan versus Nate. Nate snatched the guillotine. I mean, it would as good of a night as it was of fights uh, for UFC 279. It would just been uh, it would have been another level. Yeah, there's just maybe one factor of Kamzat's ability to get out of a guillotine versus Tony's, but I don't know. Um, I think Tony was kind of looking for a way out too. I, I, I'm not saying it wasn't in their type, but. Tony looked like he was ready to call it. Um, a lot of good sportsmanship after the fight. You don't see that a lot with Nate. He was, he was, you know, looked like he was uh, giving Tony some credit. Um, your, what was it, your take of the, was it your take of the week or was it your, yeah, your take of the week um, might be vindicated already. He said he's going to go take over another sport and then come back to the UFC and win a belt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I thought that was going to be kind of his plan from some stuff I heard previous to the fight, but uh yeah, I, I don't know. Why Why wasn't he specifying what sport? I think I, I was saying in the group chat, I thought he was going to say, you know, baseball or something. He was coming, pulling the Michael Jordan, you know? <laughs> well, wasn't he at the Niners game the next day? Maybe it was football. Maybe it was football. Could you imagine Nate swinging a baseball bat? I figured his batting no. stance would be absolutely awful. It would be terrible. <laughs> or throwing a baseball. I can't well, imagine. Well, we've seen he him can, throw water bottles. Yeah, he, he can whip a water bottle. Maybe pinpoint he's, accuracy. <laughs> maybe he's a pitcher. <laughs> 
I don't know what I don't know what sport it was. He alluded to some of the other guys trying and failing, but he's going to do it. So he's going to be the one to do it. So, but I mean, you said he's going to be back in the UFC, and it sounds like that's his plan. So, good win for him. You can't really go out on a better way than um, getting a getting a finish and getting a W. I think he tied for I don't know like fifth or sixth. Oh, he's breaking records every sec every minute of this fight. A new thing would pop up. Nate Diaz now in whatever fifth place for all time strikes landed or. Yeah, I did see that. Finishes, so. strikes landed. Um, I don't know, some octagon time may have been in there. I don't know. I mean, talk about a crazy, like, it was a good fight for him. It was a good night for him, period. And uh, definitely things kind of, uh, the way things unfolded ended up working out. Um, next up, I guess we'll move on to uh, uh, Kevin Holland and uh, Kamzat. Um, first of all, we talk about Kamzat just being an all-time scumbag, missing weight, this and that. How about the fake glove tap into a shot? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. You don't need to uh, be pulling the fake fake glove touch trick here. Like, That's horrible. Yeah, you've got such a size advantage. You're, you know, a far better wrestler, and you're and you're still being a scumbag. It's just a, another thing to add on to a bad bad look for Kamzat. The guy is just complete douche. Like, it's not even like he's playing the villain. Like, it just seems like he's actually a jackass. Yeah, just a total moron. Just an un, just like an un, like untamed idiot yeah and we just hadn't seen anything we just hadn't seen enough of him yet and i hate to like dude another fight with zero significant strikes landed on him yeah exactly that's I, crazy i think learning to speak english was uh, a detriment to uh camzat's <laughs> markability you know usually they say you know if you want to be the big draw you got to learn to speak english but uh i think it's uh it's actually been the opposite effect on Camzat. He's he's grown more hated and shot himself in the foot more and more since you can actually know what he's saying. Yeah, and it's not that he knows English. He knows uh, like a quarter of English, but the words he knows are all like <laughs> really bad, violent words. <laughs> yeah. And he just screams them, I kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an idiot. At the post-fight interview uh, with Joe Rogan afterwards wasn't a good look. I'm sure that I didn't watch the press conference, but I'm sure it wasn't a good look. It's just, I, I can't, uh, Matt, besides him winning his fight easily, I, I don't think I can't remember one positive note that he had from the entire fight week. No, and I think he said next fight's going to be a middleweight. So why don't we just book him and Costa now? They got beef. Costa's Costa Diaz. He's part yeah, of the book Diaz it. army now. Another bad look. He said he he does not want to fight fight Robert Whitaker, which is probably like the best fight, the toughest test for him. I think besides Adesanya. Yeah, yeah, all sorts of. Uh... Bad looks going around. Um, he pretty much locked up that Dars on Kevin Holland right away and just rolled around with him for a minute or two. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he was did look wild. good versus Kevin Holland. The scrambles were pretty, pretty entertaining for while it lasted. But uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say too much good about him. I, I hate the guy. He, he, was, he robbed Nate of the uh, the biggest upset in, in UFC history. He was breathing pretty heavy. Um, if he didn't finish that Darce. Yeah, exactly, which is another reason they would have beat him. Like, by the second or third round when he's completely gassed, that guillotine, it gets a lot easier for Nate. Yeah, when you want a way out, when you're looking for the way out. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, they better book him for another one quick because he got another fight where no, he didn't get touched. He needs to fight at 185 unless he can prove he can make 170. He can't be trusted again. He's on that. It's crazy that I like to I like to say every fighter gets like I just had the same thing for Costa like you get one chance to fail a weight cut because sometimes your body really does shut down but most people are at least sorry or at least embarrassed right yeah he just uh, I think he probably was embarrassed he just thought like if I act like I'm not and I act like a jackass then it'll, it'll look better but it just made him look like a bigger idiot so um, for Camzad I think his next fight I, I'm pulling for if he wants to fight at 170. Let's fight Bilal Muhammad. I, I hate both guys, so no matter what, I feel like I get a victory in that in that fight. Yeah, and Bilal can wrestle, and yeah, he'd be one of those guys. He'd be like, just ruin a hype train just with the most boring way possible. Yeah, yeah, and if Bilal gets smashed, then that doesn't bother me too much either. <laughs> yeah, you got that one figured out. Yeah, let's make it happen. All right, I'm all for it. All right, next up we got Daniel Rodriguez versus uh, Legion Liang, Legion Liang, the leech. Um, let's just put it this way. If one guy got screwed over the most in this whole operation, it was the leech himself. Didn't get to go on stage with his new suit. Lost a decision that he probably won. Fought a guy 10 pounds heavier than him. Fought a guy with maybe 10% of the name value of Tony Ferguson, who he would have beat easily. Really, the guy. I hope the guy got paid accordingly, and that's probably not true, not the case either. So all around, poor Legion Liang. 
Yeah, he yeah he really got screwed. Just like you said, from start to finish of this card, like uh, Lee Jingling just got robbed left and right. Yeah, the press conference, dude was looking fly. He clearly wanted to go out there. He was like waiting on the side of the stage. He was next man up too. Yeah, he's like, come on, let me go on. Didn't get to go on. Um, Yeah, I think he beat uh, Daniel Rodriguez, and I thought it was pretty clear. And uh, he loses the split decision, so. Um, yeah, bad, bad look, but as the fight goes, it w- wasn't the most exciting fight. Um, it kind of went out how I thought it was going to. I, I had Lee Jingling in this one. I picked him in the league too, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought he was getting the better of the exchanges. I thought he landed more and somehow they, they scored it for Daniel Rodriguez. So yeah, I thought one round was pretty close. I didn't know the other rounds. I think it was one and three that I thought he for sure won. And I thought two was maybe pretty close. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, and I th- I thought three was fairly close. I just I just didn't think it was that close. I don't I don't know. Hard to say for me personally. Betting on D Rod, I was more just disappointed that felt like he wasn't getting it going like he normally does. But um, yeah, t- just a tough break for uh, the leech here, which you know he'll get taken care of. He's one of the few Chinese fighters on the roster. He does have that going for him. But man, you only get one chance to you know make a first impression with your brand new suit. So that's got to be disappointing. Um, I think he wore it the next day on Ariel Hawani's show. So maybe all is all is forgiven. I'm not sure, but either way, tough loss, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back. But you know, you only get well, you don't get that many chances to fight a guy like Tony Ferguson, who probably should retire after this. Yeah, definitely. I I don't see what's left for Tony. Right? Like, I mean, maybe they hopefully they they have enough respect to give him a if he wants to go out on a win, give him a winnable fight. To Who, um, who's he gonna beat though? That's the thing. Like, yeah, it's not like they're not gonna set him up like like they tra- like a different cowboy. Just give him like. Alex Morono or something. Alex but Morono even then, destroyed Cowboy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they were trying to at least give him like a w- somewhat winnable fight. Like, yeah, and then he uh, got demolished, got blitzed in the first round. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I, you're right. I don't know what's there for Tony Ferguson. So yeah, I think it's pretty pretty much time to hang it up. I don't think he is a guy that's going to willingly uh, hang him up though. So I think the UFC is either going to have to cut him or, and I'm sure he's going to fight somewhere else if that happens. So. <laughs> God, Bellator Tony, that would be pretty scary. Pretty, <laughs> that'd be hard to watch. All right, who do we got left? We got uh, Irene Aldana versus Macy Chase. On this was a weird, crazy. This was actually a really good fight. Did this get fight of the night? What got fight of the night? Uh, there was two or four performance bonuses. No fight of the night. So this was a good fight because it started off. Well, first of all, I guess you couldn't really give a fight of the night because Macy Chase on flat out cheated. She tapped, right? It was her that tapped, right, in the first round, or was it Aldana that tapped? One of them tapped in the first round. I think it was Macy Chase. They did? I missed that. Macy Chase untapped in the first round and got away with it. And then at least it looked like it to me and it looked like it to everybody else. And then um, Aldana had a huge first round. Then she kind of came – then Chase on came back. And then the – have you ever seen an upkick to the liver end of fight before? That was the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah, first time I've ever seen it too. I thought she tore something in her knee or broke her arm or something. Yeah, it was – I – Everybody was saying she got uh she got kicked in the uh, in the groin or in the in the puss, but uh, <laughs> it turned out it was not. That's what that's what everybody at uh, where we were watching it thought. So we were like all wondering like is the fight over? Like is it like we thought there was gonna be like a no contest or something? Then it, it then they played the replay and we we knew that she uh, you know got knocked up with the liver kick, but we weren't sure what the ref thought so it must have been such a precise liver shot that she just couldn't like her body just froze on her yeah it, yeah she just got dropped i mean she got crumpled and she was down she looked like she was in pain too yeah so. i thought it was a i thought it was like a, a bad knee injury or something i have no idea that was a crazy fight it was a good fight though it really was a good fight um i don't remember the odds on it but uh you were on aldana and you uh chose what chose that correctly yeah well, actually I, you had a pretty good night great though yeah decent night um but could have been a little better, but uh, yeah. I mean, Li Jingling. If Li Jingling wins, I'm like really, really happy with my with my picks because I did have a main card parlay and that screwed me. So that yeah. would have been a pretty good payout too because I had. Well, you had Johnny Walker over Ian Kudalaba. Yeah, yeah, which I was so. not on board on that one. I I thought Johnny Walker's got no chin. He's going to get wrestled by Kudalaba. He actually initiated the wrestling. Got the, once he got the hooks, and I knew it was over. Keto Hobb is a guy that gets submitted by everybody. So yeah, Johnny Walker looked good. I think the uh, really good. the CBD poisoning is uh, could be legit. Maybe I don't know. We get, we'll have to see how he does his next fight because he was fighting known boneheady in Kudalaba. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure either. Um, 
but I'm willing to give him a, willing to give him uh, the benefit of the doubt now because he looked he looked better than he's looked in a long time. Right, and hold, I got the uh, performance bonuses up. So Nate Diaz, Irene Aldana, Johnny Walker, and uh, Jailton Almeida all got 50k. So oh, very nice, not bad. Um, yeah. So next up, we got uh, we'll go through the rest of these pretty quick. But um, Hakeem Duwadu versus Juicy J, and that was. Uh, Juicy J looked good, man. Yeah, yeah, he got the dub. And Duwadu missed missed weight, right? Yeah, he he got he missed weight by four and a half pounds. So he, and he looked sucked out too. So it wasn't like Cam's at where he stepped on the scale looking like, you know, like he had a full dinner the night before. Um, Duwadu looked uh, looked sucked out, but yeah, I mean, uh, he retains the uh, JLT nickname uh, yeah. championship of the world. And after missing weight, it was the belt was never on the line, but he did end up retaining it either way. Yeah, exactly. One of his best performances too. He looked he looked untouchable. He, he looked, looked really good. I mean, um, Hakeem Dawadu is a pretty solid fighter. I I feel like I thought he was going to win this fight pretty easily. I mean, he didn't get anything going. That's whatsoever. the worst we've seen. He looked the worst we've ever seen him. Yeah, think. and it might have been the bad weight cut. I don't know because like he got tagged early and then he looked like shit the rest of the fight. He just kept getting tagged, and it was just uh, it was just a matter of time and. Uh, yeah, um, Rosa, he, he got the finish eventually there. So for sure. All right, Jailton Almeida quickly um, got the win. Um, obviously, just kind of a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing surprising there. I mean, unfortunately, the pleasure man. Uh, he does not get his uh, his first victory with a huge upset in in the UFC. But uh, Jailton Almeida, he's an absolute monster. So, um, I, and I, I don't think uh, what's his name, Anton. Uh, Turk or whatever he he doesn't have much going for him besides an all-time nickname so (laughs) yeah that may be the peak of his uh the peak of his abilities um how about give you a little minute to shine on Jake Collier Chris Barnett where I thought Jake Collier had this in the bag and Chris Barnett um lived up to his reputation yeah this was uh this is a big win for uh for an underdog he's like plus three some plus 360 I think I saw they put on on the screen before the fight so um big upset i mean jake collier he he tagged chris barnett early but uh i think he completely gassed because uh chris barnett was just on him like throwing some hammer fist or whatever i think there was a there was there was a takedown exchange where i mean these guys are both fat and chris barnett being more athletic was able to wiggle out of the takedown and end up on top and that that's it dude it's you got one turtle on his back and one on his shell <laughs> yeah. and one on top like it's over Yep. If, I mean, the most I'd like man in the UFC, it's just, it is what it is. You know, the only guy to do a flip that night. There's no argument. Yeah. He did the famous, uh, famous butt flip. So <laughs> dude, it's just hilarious. That, that is the funniest flip in, in sports. He just, he gets the flip going. He can't come, he can't land it. So it just lands on his ass. <laughs> so that is so funny. Yeah. Uh, always entertaining glad he won the fight so and he he delivered an all-time promo after the fight did you see that yeah. on the mic yeah. he went nuts he's the ufc the best organization in the world. he's going crazy and uh i think dana i watched the uh, post-fight press conference dana said that they're uh they're taking care of him big time he couldn't uh couldn't get the performance bonus of 50k because he missed, he weight, missed too, right? weight as yeah. a heavyweight so we very very rarely see someone miss weight as a heavyweight and, and chris barnett the most athletic man in the ufc was uh, uh a rare exception to that so to come in at 300 pounds and still do a front flip is pretty crazy yeah yeah wild, wild. yeah right on um all right yeah we'll wrap this one up and uh i guess i'll give you the the honor to wrap it up here um wrap up uh, everything that happened and what you thought of the event as a whole Oh, I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, hating on this one, but I, I can't hate on a Nate Diaz fight card. I, I think it turned out better um, for the card that they switched up the fights. The main card was pretty entertaining. We had uh, quite a few good fights. The Johnny Walker started off, Irene Aldana. The Legion Ling versus Daniel Rodriguez was a little slower, but then Cam Zad and Nate finished it off. Four out of five good fights. You can't complain about that. Uh, pretty good prelims. Um, so all in all, I... Uh, I think UFC 279 is well worth the uh, the price of admission here. All right. Yeah, I think it was nice that uh, you got two. I ended up getting Ferguson and Diaz who were – they weren't really in a hurry to do anything out there. So you got to style a little bit, got to showboat a little bit, got to do his thing a little bit instead of just getting blitzed by Kamzat and the second he got out there. I mean, there was some – actual like funny antics going on during that fight yeah definitely like he got to do it live up to like his full effect 
Yeah, Tony Ferguson running away all the time, and and Nate just like acting like he was like tired or whatnot. It was just well, ridiculous. He, at one point, he walked away and like waved it off, and I'm like, holy shit, what is he doing? Yeah, what if the ref would have jumped in and be like, oh, he's refusing to continue? <laughs> yeah, and that would have like, been like an all time bad break. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so bad. And then he would have had to be like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, right. He's like, I won. <laughs> but you quit yeah, so. in the third round. And you know what? Going down in history, I, you know, years and years from now, which it doesn't really matter, but people always look at it and be like, oh, Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. They won't, they won't unless you're a pretty serious fan, you won't really consider the fact that Tony's five years out of his prime. Yeah, everybody's like, I wish this took place like five, six years ago or whatever but yeah like you said when when we're when most people the majority large majority of mma fans are looking back on it on on wikipedia and checking out the records they're gonna think of it was in their prime so it doesn't really matter it's a great win for nate honestly it really is yeah for real all right let's move on then we got our isn't he awesome and our weekly call out um i don't have odd number week like i said i don't really have anything scripted this week it's gonna i'm, I'm afraid i'm gonna take yours because i'm gonna say like Great main event. Great. Uh, give it a shout out to uh, Nate and Tony for putting on like a fun, a fun fight. You, I don't, the fun fights usually don't work out, right? Usually fun fights suck. Yeah, exactly. And the, this one had had moments where you're like, this could go bad. Like, it, I don't know. It, it definitely wasn't the best fight ever, but it was a fun, exciting fight. So, yeah, um, I guess my point is like the fun fights. I'm trying to think of a good example right now. Fun fights usually suck. Like two guys. They're getting they get a main event or something. It's not because they're in their primes or because they're good or because they're uh, uh, like Nate or Nick versus Robbie Waller. Like that was like <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a terrible fight. It was fun, but it was terrible. Like this was actually a pretty good fight, all things considered. Or like as well. another Nate Diaz one. I think this would be a good good comparison. Like the Nate versus um, versus uh, Masvidal. Masvidal. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of a shitty fight for like having the whole BMF title and stuff on the line and and Doctor stops it for. A cut that Nate has in literally every single fight like yeah yeah and there's been there's been plenty of other examples of just like you know they put together a fun fight on a fight night or something and it's just like it doesn't really you don't feel have that feeling of like yeah I'm happy for both guys afterwards and this one I was like Tony got his ass kicked but he didn't seem to really care he didn't get like humiliated or he didn't get like a uh, hurt badly or like it didn't end up like controversial. They didn't like flip each other off afterwards. So it all ended up, it all ended up good. Like it's two guys you can't really hate unless you're just a hater of one or the other. For real. Win for Nate too. He was the one that didn't get busted up this fight completely uh, intact. Usually his face is completely destroyed. And Tony Ferguson was the one that uh, was having some trouble with the bleeding. Oh man, he had his eyes, he had the Nate eyes going on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, call out this week. Uh, I know we've just beaten a dead horse here, but Cam's at what a douche, dude. The fake glove touch put me, that's what puts me over the edge. Like, we may have potentially seen somewhat of a fight between him and Kevin Holland if he didn't fake a glove tap and get a free takedown. Yeah, dude is a complete scumbag. He, like I said, he just made himself look like a complete idiot this weekend. Um, definitely deserves the call out. The fake glove touch. Yeah, that was just the cherry on top of No one uh, does that. Like, nobody does fake glove touches. That's like, the last guy I can remember doing that was uh, Alex Hernandez did it to Dar- Benil Dariush. Yeah, and if it, it's like it's one thing like if you're for Kevin Holland to do it, I'm like okay, like you're got set up to get smashed in the you know uh, <laughs> yeah. the day before the fight. Like I could see that, but like for such a huge favorite that has every advantage on their side that just missed weight and had to shuffle the whole card around because of to do that, that's like all time bad look. Yeah, just a scumbag all around. Like I, I don't know, no denying the talent, but I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with. It. <laughs> I think that just it just to me more than anything, it just like ruined the fight because then you, you get a free takedown on a guy that can't already can't wrestle. Like that's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So that's my that's my isn't awesome. That's my call. Yours very well may be similar. So luckily I got to go first this week. But go ahead and take it away. Whatever you got. Yeah, I got the I got two for the uh, isn't awesome. First off. I did him last week, but I got to give him a shout out again. Nate Diaz, um, my favorite quote, because I love the uh, Nate Diaz interviews. A lot of people hate him because they think that sounds like an idiot, but uh, he provides some some great content, in my opinion. This was my favorite from the week. In the post-fight press conference, they were asking him about the opponent switch, and he said, they wouldn't let me fight Chang Lee. (laughs) <laughs> was that Nate? And that was Nick who said that. Who was it? Nate. Oh, I thought Nick said. It. I couldn't remember. I read some people were trying to make like a big deal out of that. Uh, they said, said they wouldn't let me fight Chang Lee, and and 
meaning Li Jingling. He apologized after. Yeah, because he said sorry. But... I called him Chang Li. People were trying to make a big deal out of that. Like somehow <laughs> it was racially kinda, motivated. This kind of race, but didn't Nate say the N word not too long ago? So <laughs> I, I don't think that uh, the Chang Li is his worst offense here. <laughs> Was there was like a Kung Lee or something, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, there was a Kung Lee back in the day, but yeah, it just says <laughs> Chang Lee. So, gotta give a shout out to Nate for the, uh, I think, um, unintentional racism there. Yeah, it was a small slip up. I mean, it just, it's just what came right out of it. The, he was just in a fight. Come on, stuff just comes out of his mouth one way. It's just like he doesn't mean it. Yeah, exactly. If anything, he's getting compared to. Um, Who's the Bruce Lee? So that's a good compliment coming from Nate, a, a known fan of. He uh, is a Lee, though. He is a Lee. He's just not a Chang. Yeah, and, and it's not his last name either. Also, like unfortunately, like you had a fifty percent chance of being right, Chang and Lee. <laughs> Chang Lee, yeah, it's a good guess. If you ask me to guess, like you're going to be close, and I don't think there's anything. I think the numbers support me enough there that I could say that without like being too risque exactly but uh next up we got uh for isn't he awesome we got julian juicy j arosa gotta give him the shout out for Retains retaining yeah retaining the bell he's got to be coming up on the uh, title defense record soon i think that's two i think jordan maybe only had three so um maybe only two so he may be tied or fighting for the tie next uh next match but uh he looked like uh like you said all-time career performance for him here versus hakeem dawadu who is a better fighter than a lot of the people he's fought so for sure um, definitely up there you know jordan might be a better fighter but they're probably in the same area as of now at least so um yeah got to give a shout out to uh juicy j for for pulling off the upset and a lot of people were kind of mounting this one so uh call out we'll move on to so we're a week late on this one this should have been mine last week i, I meant for it to be but uh i i forgot but uh brian callen's getting the call out specifically for his performance on the fight companion two weeks ago so for the uh for the last card it the what was the one before this um oh the serial gone versus uh yeah ufc paris yeah ufc paris so that one he they did a fight companion rogan um, Brendan Schaub, Brian Callen, and Eddie Bravo. The usual suspects. Yeah, usual suspects. And Brian Callen, dude, this guy is just a complete moron. I mean, <laughs> his career is just going in the toilet, and you could clearly see it. I think Joe Rogan's completely cut this guy off. It seems like, <laughs> I mean, he let him on the fight companion, but it was it, it gave you the impression that Brian Callen probably asks every single day like no no joke probably blows up his phone probably sends him emails uh, trying to get on rogan and he hasn't had him on since the uh the rape allegations which they are allegations but i, I would say they're 100 percent true because <laughs> we've gone into that we've talked we've like broke it down before yeah she were the words that she used only brian callen would say so unless she was like an avid listener to the podcast um there's no way she would know that that was a very very brian callen thing to say so anyways to break down how he like how big of an idiot he looked like on the podcast. It was like, he tried to promote every single thing he has. He basically tried to push these flip flops for the first hour and Rogan told him the flip flop sucked and like, yeah, give him the opposite of a promo. Eventually Rogan's just like, I'm joking. Like they're very nice flip flops. Brian Callen presented R Rogan with what he said was his fifth pair of free flip flops from. And he's just like, stop giving me flip flops. Rogan. Does, I don't think Rogan wears flip flops. Yeah. He? It's a, it's a liability just like a tie, but he doesn't wear a tie <laughs> and he does now. So, um, but the, most cringiest part of this entire episode was Brian Callen released a special during the podcast, which, okay, it probably isn't that weird, but the part that makes it extremely cringe is I don't think he told Joe Rogan before, Tom, he just sprang it on him during the podcast, mid-podcast, because he probably wouldn't have let him or something. So he starts talking about it at the beginning. He's like, yeah, it's going to drop in the middle of the episode. And Rogan's like, completely ignores him. Then a little bit later on, he just starts going crazy. He's like, the podcast dropped. The podcast dropped. It's up on YouTube. My manager just uploaded. I just got the text. Rogan completely ignores him, doesn't act like he even heard him. And then at the very end, it's just the most sad, dejected, you know, career loser, rapist thing you could ever do. He's just like, Joe Rogan's <laughs> wrapping it up. Loser, he, does, he doesn't act him to, he doesn't ask any, anybody want to plug anything like he usually does. And uh, right before he ends, he goes with this. 
Can you plug my podcast? And Joe just continues, so we'll see you next week. And he goes, bye. And he gives a smirk to the camera where you could clearly tell he was blatantly ignoring Brian Kelly. He 100% heard him. He wrapped it. He didn't plug the podcast. It was just like a final F you to Brian Kelly. I'd be surprised if we ever see him again, which it, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because they uh, acted like they were brothers from another mother. At one point, they'd say like crazy stuff like that, like how they've been friends for 30 years and stuff. And he just completely made Brian Callen look like a, a desperate, dejected, poor son of a bitch on, on the episode. So Brian Callen gets the uh, the call out this week. Um, you know, I think you got to do some damage control with your buddy Joe Rogan if I got some uh, advice for you. Good for Shab for staying out of the crosshairs for once. Yeah, yeah. Shab looked like good in this episode compared to Brian Callen. Callen just, he was getting shit on for pu- trying to plug everything. He just continued to do it and he didn't get anywhere with it. If anything, it made, I don't think anybody's going to watch, listen to a shitty ep- uh, special that he'd released on YouTube. It's like, that's like the go-to. It's like, everybody thinks like, oh, it's cool because Andrew Schultz, Andrew Schultz is an actual good comedian. So people and are going to actually. In the peak of his, like in the prime of his career right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And people are going to go watch that because it's free and go to his shows. Like, And he just had a Netflix special that was really big. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to lose money on this, Brian Gatton. Like, nobody's going to go to YouTube. You're going to get, like, I don't know, 100,000 <laughs> views if you're lucky. And, uh, yeah, it's not the way to go for you. But I guess no one's going to pay you, but they're using their own money to make these specials that are, are just trash. I mean, it's probably better than Gringo Poppy, but who knows? Well, oh, God, I hope so. But, dude, I don't know who's I don't know who's supporting this whole Rogan comedy community in the first place. No, some of the newer guys aren't bad. But, uh, I mean, Tim Dillon, when he got him on, Tim Dillon's hilarious. He's good. Yeah. Andrew Schultz is good. Theo's a funny on podcast, but his special, like, I don't think it's very funny. I didn't watch the new one, but... Uh, it was a lot he, better in, like, impromptu, like, riff comedy. Like, yeah, we're exactly. just making stuff up on the spot. He's, like, he's like, good at that, but I, I, I've never watched any of his actual, like... I don't know, like, how there's, like, 50 of those guys, though, that have just been comedians, like Brian Redman and, like... Yeah. How are these guys... Uh, who are some of the other ones that he... that one, Like, Ari Shafir, who was... Ari Shafir is the worst. He's not funny. He doesn't have a single funny bone in his body. I don't know how he's a stand-up comedian. He had funny YouTube clips like 20 years ago. With yeah, like the amazing then, racist. Yeah. <laughs> but since then, it's like, what has he done? And he's not funny. Like, he always done is had blunders, like when he did the Kobe Bryant thing. And like, nothing, this stuff's just not funny. Yeah, you just, if you're just on... All you got to do is be in the Joe Rogan universe and, and you get you can fill up shitty comedy clubs across the country, yeah. you know? You could sell like 500 foot. Tony Hinchcliffe? Yeah, exactly. Not funny? Apparently he's got some, that Kill Tony thing that does all right, like some like comedy show type thing. Yeah, uh, I think he just had like a racist blunder as well or something. I don't know, but like... Who are like and Rogan's like the biggest supporter of them ever because he's like they murdered they just murder yeah and Rogan's actually terrible at, at stand up <laughs> yeah, comedy I, I think all so bad Ro- I didn't laugh I watched at least two of Rogan's specials I don't think I've ever laughed at a single joke he tells he's just like fucking humping stools and making he, fun of like acting like the Kardashians are gargoyles and shit like he talks about that like that was like one of like the world's funniest jokes and it was just not yeah. he, 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 this is the thing he's so popular like he directs the audience when to laugh by like how he inflects his voice like, yeah he yells when it's time to laugh and then exactly. people just laugh he's selling out arenas for his comedy dude i i would rather go watch his podcast record live than watches when it's just comedy shows yeah me too <laughs> he's terrible dude they're all so bad the only funny ones are like uh like burt kreischer and who's the other guy uh, tom segura tom, tom segura those guys are funny yeah they're pretty like good his main squad those are the only two funny guys right and i like, think so yeah and like tim dylan's really funny andrew schultz is funny and then like the other guys aren't really his good friend the other funny ones aren't really like his good friends yeah those good friends are all like that's just a room full of not funny people. Yeah, exactly. that are making money as comedians. I don't know. It almost makes me think maybe I should have been a stand-up comedian. If all you gotta do is get on Rogan and you're set. It makes you think that like the less funny you are, the more people don't get it. And if they don't get it, maybe they think you must be funny. They just are too dumb to get it. I think they're just career losers. Like if you just go and tour the country for ten years, you're eventually gonna find five hundred people in each city <laughs> who think you're funny. <laughs> And then you become friends with Joe Rogan because he thinks you're funny because he's also not funny. But, yeah. he, but he's doing like 10 other jobs that are way more successful than his comedy career, but he still considers himself to be a stand-up comedian <laughs> first. So like, yeah, he's worth $200 million as a stand-up comedian, but really like people only care about the podcast and like UFC. 
Yeah. And Fear Factor. Probably the majority of people who go to his comedy shows have never listened to his comedy before. I didn't know he was a comedian until I was a sophomore in college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think I did either until I started listening to the podcast and was like, oh, okay. He's a comedian, I guess. Yeah. Oh, he's a comedian. He must be all right. No. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we just called out Rogan. Sorry. But, I love you, Joe. <laughs> all right, back to where, where were we? That was a call-out. Anything else in your call-out besides Brian Callen? No, just, just the rapist Brian Callen. <laughs> the un- unfunny rapist. Yeah, that's the, that's the, biggest, that's the bigger crime here. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got, a, we got a card to preview here. Let's, uh, let's get down into it. Um, at first, I wanted to bash this card, but I think you pointed it out to me, and I was also looking over it. Like, There's a lot of good lines or a lot of decent lines in this card where maybe they're tough to call, but... Um, if you get them right, you're looking at pretty close to 50-50 or uh, uh, even odds in a lot of these fights. And on top of that, love to see Corey Sandhagen in a main event, um, and I think this is a pretty good fight for him. Um, so I think that this main event could be kind of like a under-the-radar, like, great fight. Yeah, exactly. We got a bunch of fights here, and I think, I, I don't know exactly, but I think it was like minus 160 or minus 180 is like the the biggest, like the widest line that we have. So a lot of close fights. I mean... Not huge names, but they're names that if you watch MMA, if you watch the UFC, you, you know, and pretty good matchups for them. So. And there's a couple guys here that are maybe close to, like, like uh, Corey Sandhagen is close to that title picture. He's in that title picture. Yeah, for sure. Song Yidong is, too. Yeah, for sure. So let's uh, let's start with our main event here. Corey Sandhagen is minus 190, Song Yidong plus 160. I love this fight for Corey Sandhagen. I just think he's not maybe – I think he can fight with – I mean, you saw his performance against Peter Jan. He lost that fight, but it was a close fight, and it was a good fight. Peter Jan, probably the best striker in the division, maybe the best striker in the UFC. I don't know if – well, I mean, he's in there, up there with some of the other good ones. Uh, maybe not like quite an Adesanya-level kickboxer or anything, but super efficient, super good fighter, super good striker. And San Hagen was right there with him the whole fight. Um, Song Yidong is like kind of – He's improving, obviously. They started him out too young. He gave him too many fights too early. He's clearly found finding his groove now. But I would still be really surprised if he was able to like be too much for Corey Sandhagen. Yeah, this is a close fight. Um, I think I'm on Corey Sandhagen on it, but it, it is really close. Um, I don't know. It's Sandhagen. I think they're pretty similar in striking style. I just if he uses his his reach advantage and height advantage, I think he wins this fight. I mean, Song Yudong's not really small. I think he's like five eight. But Sandhagen's like 5'11", I think. So uh, I think he just has to stay to the outside. He has to just be the quicker fighter. Song Yudong is pretty quick, though, and he packs a pretty powerful punch. Yeah. Um, Corey Sandhagen, though, he we haven't seen him have any big chin issues, at least up till this point. Uh, he has gotten cracked some, a few times, too. So um, I don't know. I, I think it, it is a close fight. I think the line may be a, be a little wider than it, than it needs to be. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Corey Sandhagen on it. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, all right, Chitty. I'm not going to try to say his last name. If you know Chitty, then you, then you know who he is. Nojaquani. Something Kwani. Nojaquani? Yeah. Chitty Nojaquani. Okay, if you know Chitty, then you know who he is. He, I think I don't think he's had a fight go out, leave the first round. Um, he's knocked everybody out so far. Versus Gregory Rodriguez, RoboCop. If you know who he is, you know who he is. So Chitty's currently minus 115. Gregory RoboCop Rodriguez who we've seen in some big fights, look pretty good lately. Last time we saw him take Julian Marquez's head off. Um, we saw him knock out the Iron Turtle. We've seen this guy do some wild stuff. Um, he really RoboCop's a pretty good name for him. Um, both of these guys can bang. Um, Chitty's looked really good. He's pretty much been untested on the ground, though, and I believe he's mo- pretty much a pure kickboxer. Gregory Rodriguez is solid everywhere, likes to bang, though, so that I assume this fight's going to stand, stay standing, and I think that's why Chitty's a small favorite at minus 115. Um, I would say if this fight stays standing, it goes Chitty's way. If it goes to the ground, I think Gregor, Gregor Rodriguez is definitely being slept on a little bit here um, because I think he's a, probably a more well-rounded fighter. So what's your take on how this one goes down? Yeah, I really think Gregory Rodriguez is getting slept down here. Um, Chitty, he, he is a very good striker, and um, he has some power, but he's not that good. I think he's getting a little overrated because of his last two wins in the UFC. Um, I mean, he has three losses in Bellator. I mean, the guy can't be that great, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't think his takedown defense is very good. I don't think his ground game is very good. I think he's pretty much a, a striker. Um, so I don't know. He has looked good. He is a dangerous striker. Uh, I think we have seen Gregory Rodriguez get tagged. Um, but I think he'll get the win here. Um, 
I think he's a little bit better fighter. Uh, but Jaquani, he's like pretty long and he's got some pretty good power. So uh, anything can happen in this one. But I think Gregory Rodriguez is, is the better fighter. So if he doesn't get knocked out, he gets the win here. Yeah, and I think uh, Chitty's kind of bailed himself out a few times with big power. Uh, and, you know, at some point, a lot of times your power, run, you're, you you can't always land that big knockout punch. His last few wins, though, have been pretty impressive. Um, but anyways, move on to Andre Feely versus Bill Algeo. Uh Bill Algeo has been one of our guys we've been high on at times, just kind of a sleeper guy. Uh, Andre Touchy Feely, the creepiest nickname of them all. Yeah. Uh, minus 120 Bill Algeo. Senior Perfecto, I believe is his nickname. That's a terrible <laughs> nickname. No pleasure, man. Yeah, he's no pleasure, man, but he's Senior Perfecto. He's plus 100. Um, as much as I like Bill Algeo, he fights too close of a fighting a style. Like, he's point fights, and his fights are too close. He fights with his hand down. I think a guy like Andre Feely is just going to be too much for him because he's going to be in his face too much, pressing the action too much. Bill Algeo likes to fight at, like, a slower pace where he kind of like a, a – like a, a little bit of like an intense sparring match more of it. And I think Andre Feely is going to be more like in, in attack mode. So I think I like Andre, Andre Feely here. What's your lean on this fight? Yeah, I like Andre Feely as well. Bill Algeo, he's a guy that he has to have his game plan going. And if he if he's not able to have that going, kind of just like pressure, kind of dictate the pace of the fight and, uh, and kind of just be getting off the better punches and whatnot the entire fight, I, I think he kind of crumbles. So Andre Feely is a guy who I think is going to give him problems. I think he's going to be able to tag him a little bit, and I think he's going to be able to get the win. So, yeah, I, I like Andre Feely a lot in this one. All right, there you have it. Um, no need to uh, elaborate further. we got Rodrigo Nascimento, plus 140. Tanner Bozer, minus 165. Tanner Bozer is a guy we saw a ton of a couple of years ago. Kind of fell off a little bit. Um, had some had some loss. Had some big wins that led to big losses. Kind of fell back into like his own spot now. He's at minus 165. Nascimento plus 140. This is a good fight for Tanner Bozer, I think, of all, all things considered. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Tanner Bozer is one of the uh, one of the kings of COVID. Uh, John it Anik, it was a classic John Anik jumping the gun. was all dark about, horse. like, yeah, him being one of the dark horse. Him and Dawkins were, like, John Anik's, like, kings of COVID for sure. <laughs> he, they, he was all about them. Tanner Bozer, he's not the, uh, the fighter John Anik thought he was, but um, I think he's got enough to get this one done. Um, he is going to be the smaller, quicker fighter in there. I think, I, I think he's going to be able to, uh, use that to his advantage in this fight. Uh, just stay out of the, uh, you know, stay away from the power of Rodrigo Nascimento. And I think he wins this one. So, um, yeah, we'll take Tanner Bozer. He's not, our, not our favorite fighter, but, uh, I think he gets the win here. So agreed. Agreed. All right. We've got Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Mark Andre Burial. Mark Andre Burial plus 155. Anthony Hernandez minus 180. I just have no faith in Mark Andre Burial. Like I'm, this guy's a total liability out there, and we've seen enough out of Anthony Hernandez to kind of give him some credit. Um, at least that's how I feel about it. And that's not a, I know that's not like a detailed breakdown, but like, what's your thoughts on how this one shakes out? Yeah, I got Anthony Hernandez as well. I mean, Fluffy, he's uh, he's not a guy that you want to be really betting on consistently, but uh, he's looked pretty decent recently, right? Um, and yeah, like you said, Mark Andre Burial, he he looks like a badass kind of, but uh, that that he's not. Um, <laughs> that he is not. <laughs> yeah, um, that Chitty, he knocked him out cold. Um, Iron Turtle beat him. Jacob beat him. Andrew Sanchez beat him back in the day. Uh, he's got some wins recently. He uh, submitted Jordan Wright, but the Beverly Hills Ninja. It's not like uh, that's not like a, a huge win there for him. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't like, I like Anthony Hernandez in this one. I think he's just, uh, probably a little bit better, um, a little bit more well-rounded and, uh, I think he should get the win here. So, all right, cool. All right. We've got Damon Jackson plus 155, Pat Sabatini minus 180. Damon Jackson, although he looks like he may be a gas station meth head, the guy can fight a little bit, probably his biggest weakness is his chin, but he's a guy that gets consistently is an underdog and fairly consistently comes through i know he doesn't win every fight they don't give him the best matchups and then pat sabatini obviously the favorite here um i mean anytime you're in damon jack's fight obviously he's going to want to do jujitsu um and if it goes to that place i i mean he's he's really proficient so i don't know how do you see this one going down yeah i mean this one's tough i mean pat sabatini it's probably the right pick but i'm going damon jackson just he's a grinder 
And uh, I don't know. He just gets it done as an underdog, I feel like. He does. He really does get it done a lot of times as an underdog. Even that fight when he was bleeding. uh, Who did he fight where he was just bleeding uncontrollably? Still, Charles Rosa. And he still won that fight. He was bleeding so bad. Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's see. It's kind of like basically Damon Jackson. He's had a lot of disadvantages here, right? He was a Pat Sabatini Division I wrestler uh, in college. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, so he's got a lot of advantages here, but the one thing that, uh, Damon Jackson has on his side is he's, he's tough. He gets, uh, he extends these fights and if he can, the later this fight goes, the, the more it swings to him, I think. So basically he's just got to work, make Pat Sabatini work. Um, I mean, he's got that wrestling gas tank though. So I'm kind of talking myself out of this pick. I think I'm going to go with Pat (laughs) Sabatini, honestly, Uh, (laughs) everything I say, I'm just like, uh, giving Pat Sabatini more credit. I'm like, he's got to make him go long, but he's got wrestler cardio. So yeah, I will go Pat Sabatini here. Like, I think he's going to be able to get the takedowns. Um, like I said, Damon Jackson, he's probably a guy who's going to be able to at least cause scrambles and get back to his feet. But, uh, uh, you know, Pat Sabatini should be able to hang with him in the jujitsu. Um, he should be able to keep getting the takedowns and I think he'll probably win a decision here. Yeah, I guess just don't be surprised if Damon Jackson pulls some shit out. Yeah, exactly. So consider yourself warned. Um, Trevin Giles, Lewis Kosey. Trevin Giles, two minus 205, Lewis Kosey, plus 175. I think the Koseys, there's two of them, right? They were kind of like highly yeah. regarded coming out off the Contender Series. And um, I think we found out the hard way that they don't have gas tanks. Lewis Kosey does not have a gas tank. No, not at all. I don't think either of them do it, yeah, like I said, but... Uh, yeah, I think I'm going not with the Kosey. I, I don't think I've ever picked Kosey, and I don't think it's done me wrong yet. So um, <laughs> Trevin Giles, we're going to go with on this one. He's not like Trevin Giles. He's not an elite fighter, but uh, he's a guy that gets it done, right? He's going to be able to hang in there. His he striking's decent. He's pretty pretty well-rounded. Um, so I think he'll be able to uh, kind of extend Kosey. I think he'll be able to beat him in the striking exchanges as long as he's able to stop some takedowns and whatnot. Um, I think he gets the win here, so... Uh, we'll go with Trevin Giles on this one. Yeah, I think Trevin Giles has been fairly consistent in what we know what to expect out of him. Um, speaking of consistent and lack there of it, we got uh, Aspen Ladd versus Sarah McMahon. Aspen Ladd minus 135, Sarah McMahon plus 115. I don't know how you pick Sarah McMahon. I don't know how anyone does, like just based off of how she'll be winning a fight and just quit. But then you flip it over to Aspen Ladd, who <clears throat> it's been the same story the last how many fights. Aspen Ladd is in total disarray. Her corner is in total disarray. I believe her trainer is her boyfriend or husband or something. Yeah. That's never good. Like, it's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. So I think in this fight, you almost have to go 50-50 here and flip a coin on who's going to blow it for themselves. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at on this one as well. Um, I went Sarah McMahon. I don't think I've ever picked her really in a fight before. But, well, you uh, should never pick her because she, <laughs> yeah. always, she always blows it. She always loses. Exactly. She's but, like an Olympic silver medalist, but she, like, can't fight exactly but um aspen lad i'm just so down on her right now she's looked awful recently and uh like you said it just seems like yeah she's in complete disarray with her her camp and her and her fighting she's been missing weight pretty consistently i think um ever since she blew that knee out she's never been the same yeah exactly so i'm gonna go with sarah mcmahon this is one we're not putting much value on at all we're not not betting big but uh you know women's underdogs can uh can pay so (laughs) we'll go with one here yeah, uh, <laughs> this is a, that's a tough one to even be associated with. This is two two girls that this may be this may be. I don't think they'll cut Aspen Lad, but I don't know. They could if she just misses weight again and and looks like shit in a like fight. This, this you know? ha- if it's not, it should be like a loser gets cut type of situation. Yeah, but yeah, another reason I'm just going Sarah McMahon is just, I think she's probably got the better wrestling. Um, I mean Aspen Lad, she's primarily like a ground and pound type specialist. That's where she does her best work. Uh, neither of them are great strikers, but uh, yeah, if Sarah McMahon can just use her wrestling and get the get the W here, I think she could win a decision. But we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one goes down. All right, another one that's pretty interesting: Jillian Rodriguez versus Maria Agapova. Jillian Ro- Robertson, I mean, um, Jillian Robertson minus one forty-five, Agapova plus one twenty-five. Again, an anything can happen type fight, right? Yeah, uh, literally Maria anything is, with Maria Agapova can happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She is a, a liability in the jiu-jitsu realm, I believe, is what, the way I would put it. She's prone to submissions. Yeah, losses. definitely prone to submissions. Jillian Robertson has good submissions. This is one where, I mean, Maria Agapova in a world where she's not 
just completely off the rails. It should completely smash Jillian Robertson, I think, in the stand-up. Jillian Robertson, she's known to get her ass kicked, let's be honest <laughs> here. And Maria Agapova, she can kick some ass on, on her good days. It's The problem is, is she either looks really good or really, really bad. You have no clue which which Maria Agapova we're going to see. She can either be in shape or she can be just a complete train wreck who's going to gas in around. And uh, Jillian Robertson, while she gets her ass kicked a lot, she can take a punch. So I think if she's if Jillian Robertson's able to last and to the second, third round, if she doesn't get finished early, which we've seen her take quite a bit of beatings in the past, um, she should get the win here. So um, I think Maria Agapova, most likely, is going to probably not be in shape for this. But uh, And if she's not... Uh, Jillian Robertson should get the win. We might have to do some digging on her social media, see what, uh, see if she's been partying or whatnot lately. But uh, Jillian Robertson, um, like you said, Maria Agapova, she she comes in out of shape. She has a, a history of getting submitted, and Jillian Robertson, she's got a chin and and she's good at submissions. So if she can, she can she make may it have last. the most submissions in like women's at like maybe her weight division ever. Yeah, something like that. So. Yeah, I like Robertson in this one. Uh, it's relatively close. She's a favorite, but not a big one. So we'll go with Robertson. All right, there you have it. But that, this is one where we could look like complete idiots if, if well, you don't know about either of them. Because on this. Maria Agapova could come in and, and just kick her ass if she's in good shape. It's just yeah, like literally no world clue. class like striking clinic. Just take her yeah. head off her shoulders. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that one will be left up to how things shake out and where her head's at. Um, but Looking over this card, anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. It's pretty solid, pretty solid uh, stack of fights we got. So back to the free cards, thank God. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap things up then. Um, we'll be back next week to recap. Um, with I believe we have another one to preview next week, October first. That we might have a week off. Yeah, yeah, we do. I don't want to say that because we said that last, remember last time we said that we were yeah. off our week. But this one, it says 17th is this weekend, and then we don't have another one to the first. So definitely a, a week in between there unless they throw something together. Yeah, let's just say we may be back. Let's not rule anything out. Um, possibly. Right. Possibly the next time we come back, we'll have a Cody Garbrandt fight to preview. We'll see. Um, but anyhow, we'll wrap things up. We'll uh, good luck on your picks. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all next week. Peace.
Watch me do the damn thing.